our scripture reading uh, this, and I'd want to say, I mean, you know, I'm not saying goodbye to Doug because we moved across the country to be close to Doug and Lois. So I told them, I was like, if I take this job, you got to promise to have lunch with me once a month. So he said he would, and so I'm here. Had he said no, I don't know what I would have done. All right, uh, our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts, and I'm going to preach what I hope will be a 10-minute sermon. Um, it might be 12 minutes, but I'm going for 10 uh, in order to get us, uh, but the time for the sermon doesn't start until after I read the scripture, just to be sure, clear on that. Uh, so our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts chapter 2. We are now looking at the very first part of what uh, Peter is saying in response to the questions that are uh, uh, percolating over what just happened at Pentecost. And so remember, we're looking at the book of Acts in order for us to orient ourselves to what is it that we see happening with the church at its inception in order for us to think through what does it look like for us to be a church in San Diego uh, in our day and time. So here's the scripture reading. Uh, Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you uh, this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was credited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Let's pray. Father, we uh, need to hear from you this morning. And so please speak to us through your word. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love stories that have that moment of like, what just happened? You know what I'm talking about? Where you're watching a movie or you're reading a book and all of a sudden you get to this point and you stop and you're like, I, have, I thought I knew what was going on, but now all of a sudden I'm not so sure. Uh, so if you are a Harry Potter fan, I'm not going to do spoiler, right? But if, if you're a Harry Potter fan, if you've read the books, if you've seen the movie, you know that there's this one uh, episode, one scene that happens in the last book where one particular individual that Harry Potter interacts with a lot, all of a sudden we get this new piece of information about this individual and it makes you go, what just happened, right? All of a sudden now you're having to rethink everything that you thought you knew about this person because you're asking yourself what is going on. In a similar way, what's happening here is that spirit has come. And this was something that people would have had some familiarity with if they were growing up around Judaism. This wouldn't have been completely unknown to them, but all of a sudden it's happening and people are asking, what's going on? What just happened? And they're supplying an answer, right? Because there are some people that are saying, oh, they're drunk, they're wasted, as one translation says. And so Peter stands up and says, no, they're not wasted. Let me tell you what just happened. 
And it's a long, it's a long sermon. Uh, it's one of, I think, five significant sermons that we have in the book of Acts. We're just going to look at the very first part of it this morning, and then we'll look at the rest of it tomorrow. And what we see is that Peter, using this uh, text from the book of Joel, tells us three things. Uh, the first, he tells us the time that we're in. Secondly, he tells us the hope that we have. And then finally, he tells us something about the role that we play uh, in that, and during this time. So uh, if you have a Bible open, I encourage you to have your Bible open if you don't already. But in, in, you see in verse 17, this phrase, the last days. Now, what's interesting about this phrase is that, you know, for you and I, we may not necessarily have a point of reference for this. But for the Jews, this phrase would have immediately sent the antennas up, right? Uh, it, would have, it would have been something that there would have been some kind of cultural understanding, similarly to uh, someone from Auburn saying, roll tide, right? There's a, there's a sense in which we know what's going on, right? Someone in Russia would not get the joke. We get the joke. We're, we're on the inside of this knowledge. The last days for an Old Testament Israelite, the last days were this time where Messiah, the prophecies and the promises about Messiah were supposed to start coming true. Uh, the last days was this period of time where Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, was supposed to show up and begin doing new kinds of things. And so what Peter's saying is that the last days have started. Uh, and it's really significant because what the last days started 2,000 years ago. We have been in this period of the last days for 2,000 years, this period where God is doing things in a new and fresh way from the way he was doing them before. And the culmination, the end point of the last days is in verse 20. So this is like a little prophetic sandwich. In verse 20, what do you have? The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon will be turned to blood in this great and glorious day of the Lord. So the day of the Lord is the end point of the last days. So the last days begin at Pentecost. We're in this period of last days, and at some point in the future, we don't know when yet, is this day of the Lord when, when to, this is a, a massive oversimplification, okay? The day of the Lord is the day that Jesus comes back. And so we're in this period of, the time that we're in is this period in which God is working in a way different from the time that he was working before we are in the last days. Now, what are the implications of that? Uh, it has implications for the hope that we have. This is our second point. Look at verse 21 with me. What is, how does Paul, as he's uh, rounding out this uh, particular section of, of, of reading the prophet Joel, uh, he says this. He says, quoting from Joel, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, it's not going to be clear just yet, but it's going to get clear as the book of Acts continues that, that what's happened is now the doors of salvation are being blown wide open. Uh, and, and it's beginning to get clear because now what you're seeing is this, the, it says everyone, right? So who's everyone? Well, looking at the prophecy, we know, right, women and men, young and old. As the story of Acts continues, we'll learn Samaritans, Gentiles, right, non-Jewish people, uh, the doors of salvation are opening up. And what we see here as we're looking at this um, is that, that this really is at the beginning of the story that Peter's setting things up for us uh, in some really cool ways. We'll look at that more in the weeks to come. Now, back to Harry Potter. So 
what was your response when you get to that section where you have this new information about this one particular character? Uh, so if you've watched the movies, the movies do this really amazing job of, of going back to previous scenes of this character, uh, and all of a sudden you're seeing what's going on with new eyes. They were there the entire time, right? But you see them now with new eyes, and you're beginning to know this character, this, this particular individual. You're beginning to know this person in a way that you didn't know them before. Why that's significant for our passage is for how Peter summarizes, he, he kind of summarizes the, the, the Joel prophecy and then moves into the, the rest of the sermon is that he says this. He says, men of Israel, listen to this. This is verse 22. Jesus of Nazareth was accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, and listen to this, as you yourselves know. Christianity is not faith in an idea. It is not faith in a theological proposition. It is not a, a, a philosophy. It has ideas. It has theological propositions. It, there's a philosophy in, in matter of speaking, right? But fundamentally, Christianity is hope in a person. And if we're going to have our hope in that person, we need to know that person and his name is Jesus. So if you're here today and you you have questions about Christianity, you need to know Jesus. I know lots of people who have uh, uh, rejected Jesus, but the, the Jesus that they knew is not the Jesus of the scriptures. Uh, we talked a couple weeks about having a, a, a Cliffsnose version of Jesus. Uh, one way to, to work against that is really go back to the gospels. And let me, one, one application, and then we'll move on to the last point, is to, to read the Gospels again, but read them differently maybe than you've read them before. Maybe uh, choose a different version of the Bible or maybe read them chronologically. You just get a different perspective on the story of Jesus when we read it in a way that we're not used to reading it. Okay, so the time that we're in is this period of the last days and God is doing these new things. The work of Messiah changes. The work of Jesus changes. Salvation is available to anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And the role of the Spirit changes, and that affects the role that you and I have. Uh, notice what happens in verses 17 and 18. It says that the Spirit is being poured out on all people. It says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see vision. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit on those days. So who gets the Spirit? Everybody, right? Everybody who calls on the name of Jesus gets the Spirit. And the significance of that is that it, when you think about what happened in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, Holy Spirit was provided to kings, to prophets, to uh, priests, to judges, to individuals who had a particular calling at a particular period of time. God's Spirit was not available to everybody in the same way that it's available now. That's what it means to be in the last days, that you and I have the Spirit of God in a way that was unprecedented before Jesus came. And so what, um, the way that this has kind of been formulated over time is this, uh, the idea of the priesthood of all believers. 
Okay, the priesthood of all believers. And what the priesthood of all believers is, uh, is basically says is that we no longer need a special priest that stands in between us and the Lord, that we are all priests. This is what Peter talks about in 1 Peter 2. says you're a royal priesthood. The passage that we're looking at right now, this is one of those passages that begins to formulate this idea. There no longer needs to be an individual that stands in between us and the Lord. How can there be when God's Spirit is already at work in us? What's the significance of that for what's about to happen in a few minutes in my installation? I am not separate from you all. I am a priest. So are you. If you've called on the name of Jesus, I have no more Holy Spirit than you do. What's going to happen in this installation in part is that we're taking vows before God that we're going to serve each other as we're seeking to serve the city. That's what this is. This isn't this like special mystical moment where I get set apart in some weird way to say that I'm somehow holier than you at all. But rather, when we look at what Peter, not Peter, sorry, what Paul says in Ephesians 4, that, that the role of the pastor, the role of elders and leaders, that those are the people that God has uniquely called and gifted to lead the church, to prepare the church for what it has been called to do. Uh, and so that's my role. My role is to serve you as your pastor so that together, as that, remember we talked about this image of the temple being here and then dispersed, that as we're going out into San Diego or wherever else the Lord might call you in the days or weeks to come, that we're able uh, to do that to serve him. That's what is happening during this period and that's what's happening this morning. All right, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you have, uh, that you have sent your spirit uh, to, uh, to equip us for the work that you've given us to do. Uh, and I thank you for this morning. Thank you for, uh, for this church and the opportunity to serve you and to serve uh, these people in Harbor City. Uh, and Lord, I thank you for these brothers who are here this morning from uh, churches. Uh, reminder, Lord, that, that we don't even do this by ourselves, but we do this with churches around the city. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.